This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Morning. This is Frida Liu, and you're listening to Her Vantage. In this way, we speak to women of influence and leadership. Origo Eco converts agricultural waste and byproducts into compostable, disposable items. They believe in a true double circle economy where waste can be given a new life and reproduced into high value compostable items. And the newly created items get to return back to Earth after this end of life without leaving any trace behind. I'm here with co founder Xiao Yin Su. She said, call her Su. Uh, and then, of course, I learned, I, I know how to pronounce the word compostable. Uh, very interesting what you're doing, uh, Sue. Now, I understand Thank your you. mission. Your mission is to convert agriculture byproduct and waste material into compostable high value single use products, then converting the used disposable items back to earth to be used as compost in agriculture, creating a true double circular economy. Okay. That's right. I've given you a, I'll give you a whole line. Tell me how it works. Yes. <laughs> That's why I was like, oh, you got to breathe, Fred. I got to breathe. It's very long and lengthy. Yeah, unfortunately, it has to uh, be explained in full because all this while we have only known words like recycling and probably upcycling and full stop, right? So this is what we've been educated since many, many years ago. And that's where we have come to up to this point. But then we realized, hey, that's not really solving the problem, right? So hence, uh, if you talk about really reusing our carbon footprint and also cutting down carbon emission, we're going to really look at how can we make our traceability or traces disappear, right? And one way is definitely making the products compostable because when they are compostable, they can, they can be returned to the soil without leaving any traces behind, right? And biodegradable still leaves behind toxic whether it's a form of gas or whether it's some chemicals that seeps into the soil or circulates in the air. That's the difference right. between compostable and biodegradable, right? So for us, definitely we cannot forsake ourselves just to save planet Earth. Right. So when, when, you, when you're doing this, you, you know, of course, like you say, we all know about recycling and everything. Are we, are, the, are we at that level of understanding yet? You know, are you... Uh, too ahead of the game for people to understand when step one, we can't seem to have ironed that out yet. That's true. I mean, a lot of people uh, actually got a shock when I mentioned about the difference between biodegradable and compostable. Seriously, everyone thought that we found the solution, but that's it. Biodegradable products, that's the way to go, you know? And when you read further, if you're more exposed to really a sustainability side, you realize, hey, it has a catch. It has a catch. Right. So if you talk about being ahead of the game, indeed we are, but we cannot stop because in fact, I might be ahead right now, but you never know what kind of other revolutionary technology they are going to come up with. And I'm actually not going to be ahead anymore because. Okay. No, you mentioned, um, uh, and I may not understand this clearly, double circular economy. Yeah. Why is it a double circular economy? Yes. So typically we would take up a waste and just uh, reuse it or upcycle it for something else. That's it, right? But we bring it one step further, whereby even we have upcycled the waste into a product, right? And we want to convert this used product back to earth. So there's one extra step to really make it disappear. So I'm solving, number one, the agriculture waste, which usually lies around uh, and people probably burn and it causes CO2 emission, right? And we use that, we cut that down, made it into a product and right and when this product are being used 
let's talk about the single use and all these uh, disposable ones. What happens to them, right? If you talk about recycling, you recycle plastic into another re-recycled plastic. At the end of the day, it's still plastic. You still got to find a way. What am I going to do with this? I still need to find a way to either recycle or dispose of it, which is where we are struggling right now. We still have the same amount of waste. But now I am even eliminating this part to make it zero, zero rise there. So hence it's doubled. Right. Okay. Actually, what, what background do you and your co-founder come from and why did you both decide to do this? So my partner comes from the manufacturing, machine customization. And if you talk about scaling up and manufacturing at a large scale, it's, it's perfect, right? And I myself come from a social enterprise background. So sustainability is uh, rooted in the core. And uh, if you talk about the engineering side, both of us come from engineering background, frankly. Ah, both engineers. Okay. Yes. Now, I know you have a patent pending formula and process, right? How long did that take to formulate? Yeah, typically when we want to solve a problem, right, whether to come up with, uh, whether to tackle that agricultural waste and to be converted into any kind of product, it will take us between probably four months to six months. For example, our uh, wood-free compostable palette, uh, we, we received, we started um, doing some research sometime in um, December and by March or April, roughly around there, we actually managed to come up with our first uh, sample. And this first sample yeah. is what? What, what is the, the, the product? The logistic palette. Ah, the logistic. So, okay, so your, the, the, form, the process is being patented. Uh, so the patent process, we're going to file for it. And how long right. is it going to take? Well, that depends on the organization. Right, right. I'm talking about our, our R&D process. So the R&D process took about four months and all that, right? Now, right. tell me a little yes. bit about the, the, what you're doing. I know like you use, uh, you work with paddy farmers. Um, you, you look at using, what, what, what sort of raw materials are you using? Right. So currently, because our factory is based in Penang, so we know in the northern states, that's literally our periognasi. Literally. literally. Yes, literally. So we have lots of paddy plantations over there. That's why we utilize whatever that's nearest and closest to us, right? So that's any waste and byproduct from the paddy plantation. So our first product that was commercialized, uh, which is rice straws, they're made from broken rice, right? So for the logistic palette, we have already completed the uh, sample with rice husk, which is the outer layer of the rice. And we have also tested with palm up empty fruit bunch fiber as well. And we also done some, yeah, we've done some research using uh, oat hull because there's a very, um, the federal oats factory is actually nearby. So we, we did some of the uh, products like the bento trays and chopsticks using oat hull. Oh, okay. I'm very interested about the pallet story, right? So this is used in, in the packaging of products. The pallets will be used in the shipping, shipping and the warehousing of products. That's right. How long did that take to formulate? I think that would be also like adhering to standards and what have you. Yeah, so the first sample, like I shared from December up to April, that was the amount of time we needed to come up with the first sample of the palette, right? And of course, um, in terms of all the certification, we need to set up the facility before we can even apply for any certification because certifications are tied to the facility that you have, right? So um, life cycle assessment, all those, it will have to come later once we have set up the facility. But what tests we've done is actually real-life tests, i.e. sending it to the warehouses for them to test it out, Right, so it's real life, but um, unofficial and informal test. Um, when you talk about agricultural waste, right, what, what kind of volume is Malaysia producing? So 
in terms of rice husk, easily we have about 400,000 tons, if I'm correct. It's a lot, actually, rice. Right. right. Globally, actually globally, the uh, rice husk waste is even bigger than our um, palm empty fruit bunch fiber. So we might think, because we are a big palm oil export, right, actually, right. but not really, yeah. but here we have lots. Yeah, globally, there's actually way more rice waste compared to the palm. More countries, more countries, you know, uh, uh, produce rice, They right? actually plant rice, yes. Okay, so, okay, let's just talk about the rice one. Now, what happens uh, conventionally to, to these rice uh, products or rice waste? So, rice, rice husk will actually be burned to be made the fertilizer because we have so much of it and why not? So, either if they are burned to become fertilizer or they are burned to be made into power, to power up the factories. Right, so good for the environment. Waste, in a way, yes, because of the CO two emission. So in China, from nineteen ninety six to twenty thirteen, there was two thousand seven hundred teragrams of CO two emission purely from agriculture burning. It's teragram. I was like, what's teragram? What's teragram? <laughs> it's a lot of grams. Teragram. Wow. Okay. Okay. Okay, so that, that's in China, but yeah, understandable. I mean, we haven't even checked on India. Correct, correct. Yeah. So China uh, somehow had those figures. I salute them to actually disclose it. It's not easy to find these figures, frankly, because it's actually something that's not good for the environment. Okay. Um, I know that you're also going for, for ECF, equity crowdfunding, but we'll talk about that in just a moment. I'm here with Xiao Yin Su uh, from Origo Eco. Stay tuned to uh her Vantage BFM 89.9. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. Morning, this is Frida Liu. If you just join us, I'm here with Xiao Yin Su from Origo Eco. They convert agricultural waste and byproducts into compostable, disposable items. You had to give us a lot of syllabus uh, to to work mouth off that out. Mouth. <laughs> now, uh, you know. So, what are your your products? Your your that you're coming out. You got rice straws and pallets, right? What is the addressable market uh, when it comes to these these products? So, these straws. Um, I give an example in Japan. There are 120 million in terms of population, right? And it's very common for them to at least use one straw per day. So the disposable item culture there is really, really huge, right? So can you imagine 120, right, times 30? And that's what you get in a month. And then multiply by 12 and that's a year, right? And easily in Malaysia as well, we can safely say at least we have used one straw for one whole month as a one person. Right, so we have about 30 million of us. So mm. that's the rough figure they can get. It's, it's massive, right? In terms of logistic pallet, um, the addressable market is about 6 billion pieces, right? Per, per. So far circulating in the market, it's, it's massive, right? Because mm. imagine any kind of product that needs to be shipped in and out, they will have to be sitting on a pallet. Mm. Okay, so now right. in terms of the quality though, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we talk about sustainability, we talk about caring for the environment, but is the quality of the palace more superior than your conventional palace, I guess, made of wood or what have you? I don't know. 
Mm. Yeah. So um, quality-wise, it's the same. It behaves the same as a wooden pallet in the sense that we know we will never leave the pallet out there in the rain for a long period of time, right? Because uh, wood will still rot. So ours as well, it can, it's water-resistant. It's not waterproof, right? Life cycle, how many times it can be used, same as wooded pallet. And price point-wise, it can be cheaper than wooded pallet. Okay. Is it cheaper yet? Right now, yes. Not only the cost-wise, in fact, the cost savings that comes along with our pallets because it's actually nestable, you save space. Even when we ship in a container, it's actually five times of savings. And um, if you're from the logistic industry, you know that every time you export anything with a pallet, you need to go through fumigation process. So that one costs about 15 USD, if I'm not wrong, per piece, right? So for our case, we do not need to go through that. So every pallet that you use, you've already saved 15 USD for the fumigation mm-hmm. process. Oh, okay, yeah. because it's not required in, with the rice husk. Yes, yes, because it's already multiple, uh, multiple times heat treated. Whereas for wood, there's always the fear that there'll be some bugs or parasites that grow within it, right? Whereas for us, no. Okay, and, and, and I want to ask who are your current clients and partners and even this whole conversation of trying to uh, convince people to come on board, right? Uh, maybe you can share the success stories and... And hopefully in that process, you know, people listening in will say, hey, I want to participate too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So Rice Straws, we've commercialized for the past four years. Uh, Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf is our uh, client in um, Malaysia. I would say one of the popular ones. You definitely have gone to Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. If you notice the purple straws, that's actually our straws. Right. Okay. Yeah. And of course, a lot of other cafes take it. But our main market actually comes from international market. I would say currently 60% comes from international, 40% from uh, local, but it's going to tilt even more, probably coming up to 80-20. So right. we know um, actually Western countries, they're actually more uh, well-versed and more aware when it comes to sustainability, right? So that's rice straws. And uh, for our palette, we are fundraising to set up the facility, but we've got a list, a long list of clients, international ones who are waiting for us to set up the facility. Yeah, so that's where the stress comes in, actually, when all these big corporate companies keep banging on your door. Oh, where is it? Okay, okay, okay. When there's demand, and you're wondering, how am I going to survive? Yeah. Just, I guess, a good, yes. you know, a good, semi-good problem, right? Uh, okay, that makes so sense. far, so far, have you received any funding? And then, of course, this leads nicely into the, the ECF story. Yeah. So we are looking to raise $6 million on our ECF fundraising, right? And uh, we've already closed $1 million ringgit, which is good news. So that leaves us with five mil, right? And um, we've got, uh, actually the one mil came from a lot of uh, Singaporeans, mm-hmm. non-impact investors. Yes, because sad to say, it's actually a bit easier to speak to them because they understand, right? And, and, and a million ringgit is nothing to them. <laughs> yes, exactly. They'll be like, so little? You sure you need so little? You see, internationally, yeah. when those who want to fundraise for their facility, they are raising like, um, 50 million right or not 10 million USD the deal we are raising only yes raising only 5 million ringgit okay so you heard it you should you know support locally and so okay so there's that uh, you're looking at ECF fundraising and so the money is to set up the facility the funds raised will yes. be used to set up the facility Correct. have you got a place a location on yes. uh, in minor where is that it's in Kedah Kuling oh obviously close to the rice Rice bowl, rice bowl. <laughs> uh, close to our yes. rice bowl, right? So I was going to ask, as well, has there been a lot of interest overseas? And obviously, when you say like with your straws and all that, there is a huge market already overseas. Where, where, where is it coming from, um, your, your, your customers? So we, we already 
exporting to 15 countries. The main ones are actually Belgium, uh, Switzerland, mm. Hong Kong, Japan, uh, Korea coming up. Um, we are looking to penetrate Australia soon as well. So these are the few of the year. But of course, we do have like small orders from other countries such as uh, Germany, uh, um, where else? Uh, the other country, Thailand, right? We do have the small ones, but the regular big ones, actually those few countries that I mentioned. So interesting, uh, Belgium and all these places. Like where would, have, yes. where would they have heard of you? So we see in local market, I forgot to mention, we're also highly available in the hotels, right? Those big uh, hotels. And we've got a few inquiries where they actually stumbled upon our straws when they were vacationing in our country. Yeah, so what they, they, what they would do is they would take the wrapper, they bring it back to their country and they would start Googling, hey, who is this company? And that's how they would uh, contact us. Okay, so this is the power, right? This is the power of having a consumer product and that visibility yep. because the palettes is not really a very B2C kind of product, but the straws, I guess, open the, the doors to other right. things as well, right? Um, and hopefully, I mean, they're buying the straws and hopefully, you know, that will also go into, you know, the palettes as well in the future. Um, and I guess I want to know, like, you know, in terms of the, the areas of focus of 2024, um, setting up the facility, getting the funds raised, uh, and this is through pitching, um, what else would you be looking at for, for 2024? Definitely uh, start selling the pallets because uh, they've all been asking and I've been trying to delay them. Please give me till end of Q1 to set it up and I can start shipping out these pallets, right? And of course, to get all the certifications, like it's very crucial. We really need to work. Oh, I've, I've also one more thing unique about pallets that it comes with a blockchain traceability technology, which means every pallet has an identity. So why do we need that? It's because, number one, for the halal trade, it is crucial. Right now, halal trade, they can't use any secondhand pallets because they do not know who were the previous users. But with our uh, blockchain traceability, it's very open, right? You, there's a report, there's a summary, right. you can always check who have used it. And most important one is actually the carbon credits calculation. Okay. Yeah, so you can actually calculate, okay, this is the amount of trees that I've saved. So how do you tie back to the carbon credits? So we are providing that for the big corporate companies because we know when it comes to pallets, it's actually mainly targeting the big corporate companies and they need that. Right. And how big a team do you have right now? We have about 60 people right now, 6-0. 0 and they're largely... Uh... In, in the, the operation side of things, the manufacturing side of things? So a combination of both, yes, the operators and also our office management team. Okay. And this was started when, uh, your company? Um, 2018, actually. We've been around for so four years. Four, five years. With a, four, five years already, yeah. So is there anything else you'd like to add that I didn't, and I haven't had a chance to ask you? Hmm. I think um, I would really, really like to advocate the importance of sustainability. Right. So I think we've come a long way. There's still a lot of room for improvement. Actually, compared to other countries, uh, we as individuals, as Indonesians, we are uh, frugal. We will love to save. Hence, we don't like to waste a lot of things. Right. So that part of small, small steps of sustainability is there. But when you look at a bigger picture of what can be done to really save the climate, save the planet, we're still a bit a tad far behind. So if we can really up the game to really look at, hey, probably we can do this more to really look into solving this problem in terms of climate change, right? That will be very, very good for everyone, I believe, right? To be a bit more aware, like don't fall into the trap of greenwashing, right? Eco-friendly. Is it really eco-friendly? Dive deeper, right? right? Do some research, find out more and don't blindly just follow because that's what happens a lot among our consumers here. We are so trust, I would say, we, we have a very trust 
trustworthy nature or maybe trust trusting nature. So we would just like, believe whatever that we read. Yeah, right. So just be a bit more mindful about that. And, and just do a bit more research on your own and yes. find out a bit more. All right. Uh, exciting times. I can't wait to see the, the you know, the, the raising of funds and also then you can start your facility. Yep. Then we can have the, the palace out there as well. Uh, thanks for spending time with us. I've been speaking to Xiao Yin Su from Origo Eco. You've been listening to Her Vantage BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.